Hello and welcome to the Tennis Clubhouse podcast, a brand new tennis podcast that is led by the fans for the fans as we take a look into both the ATP and WTA Tour. We'll be discussing all things tennis with different topics each week and we'll be getting across our opinions as well as listening to our audience, if there is any out there. The aim of this podcast will be to entertain and engage with the audience and most of all is to just have a laugh between us three and learn and educate ourselves more on the sport that we love. Without further ado, let's get into it. I'll be your self-elected host for the podcast. My name's Jamie Trainer, aka Sue Barker. Probably more like Claire Bolden. <laughs> Jesus, is that making the cut? Sure is. My brother, Ryan Trainer, aka John McEnroe. Good eye. And a great friend of ours, Paul Gregson, aka Pakash. You cannot be serious. <laughs> uh, I came up with the idea for this podcast after, let's just say, a few drinks, and I pitched it to these boys, and we're actually here, day one podcast. How are we feeling, boys? Can yeah, we're actually doing it. Yeah, I'm. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, the day that you told us, well, told me, I thought it was a good opportunity just to meet up, get together, and have a laugh and see where this pod can take us. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> four points to be there. I actually, uh, I saw my name up in lights when Jamie told me because I thought, oh my god, he's going to ask me to be the host here. But having seen that intro that he's just done. I'm quite happy to be a co-host with you, Paul, because I won't want to be doing that every week, would you? Definitely not. No, not after that. Thank you very much for the support there, boys. <laughs> Let's just say we've spent a lot of time already. We came up, first and foremost, about maybe four hours, maybe four weeks on the name, the Tennis Clubhouse podcast. Oh, that was a hike, wasn't it? Four, three, four weeks to come up with the Tennis the Clubhouse. Yeah, we came up with we came up with decent names early on, but we found we'll out... Take yeah, we'll take we, we found out they were taken, so yeah... Um, I'm quite happy with the tennis clubhouse, Ryan's idea. Yeah, it's a good name in the end. It does what it says in the tin, really. Yeah. That's what we are about. Exactly. It's for those viewers that maybe are new to tennis. Um, you sign up in a tennis podcast and hopefully we, we come up. Um, you know, the origin of the name, the roots are behind. Obviously, everyone starts off in the tennis clubhouse as a tennis member. And we're hoping to grow and see where it can take us. Obviously, we're shooting this first one from down the bottom of our garden. And now, in a clubhouse, let's just see where it can take us. Anyway, we've got many episodes to create. Which episodes are we looking forward to if we are? And what are you looking forward to in regards to the podcast itself? Yeah, I'm looking forward to just to get together with you two, meet up, and the rest of the listeners, and just simply talk about tennis, the week's tournaments that have gone beforehand. Um, um, Because we don't get the opportunity just to sit together for however long, 45 minutes, and just simply talk about tennis. Because we've got other things going on in our, in our lives yeah. that stop us. Yeah. We're just here in a room, four walls, talking about tennis. That's good. That's good, yeah. I'm uh, looking forward to getting you guys listening, involved at home. You know, We could do quizzes, interactive stuff like that. And also for you to tell us what you like and what you don't like about the pod so we can you know, tailor it to more you guys who are listening. We're also looking maybe to take the... Uh, the pod abroad, maybe international. Let's walk before we can run, right? I know, but you know, I've got high hopes for this. <laughs> um, we're looking to go maybe Rome or Barcelona. I think we're not quite decided on that I one yet. I think we've decided on definitely Rome. Rome, Rome. No, we're undecided. I might go to Barcelona and these two might go to Rome, you know, get away from these two. <laughs> but but uh, um, just to let you know, the pod is going to Rome. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> myself, I'm looking forward to educating myself a little bit more on tennis. Um, these boys have taken the mick out of me a little bit, saying I don't know me stuff. So hopefully throughout this podcast, I can definitely challenge them and change their opinions, hopefully. We'll see. We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. 
obviously we're looking forward we've got lots to do with the podcast many different episodes to create one of our main goals is definitely to meet with the, the best tennis player maybe ever Benoit Pet. Zoe Bell a little uh, UTS throwback there for you yeah he's one of our we, we want as many guests as we can on the pod but one of our main guests that we're looking to get on is Benoit Pet. Allez Benoit Let's get in to review of the 2022 season. Boys, lots of tennis happened, let's be fair. Lots of highs, lots of lows. Let's try and review as, as much as we can. Obviously, we know we can't review it all, but yeah. we'll pick out our sort of highlights and our moments, really, of what we thought was you know, really key and really stood out to ourselves. Uh, first and foremost, lots of, lots of players retired. The likes of Jill Simon, Joel Fonsonga, Juan Martín Del Potro, Ash Barty, you know, obviously Fedra, potentially the GOAT. Um, and also Serena maybe retired maybe maybe still back in the game we don't know any of those names really stick out to, to yourselves I'll, uh, I'll kick us off here is that my jumping ball? yeah <laughs> okay just wanted to confirm that nice okay I'll start us off here with uh, Del Potro retiring that's the biggest one of the names you've said Jay for me possibly he was a uh, no I'd rather watch Del Potro one. than Fedra in my opinion Del Potro, just got some of the stats here. Bronze and silver at the Olympics 2012 and 2016. 2016 Davis Cup with Argentina. Career high number three. And in 2009, US Open champion. And Paul informed me that he beat Nadal and Fedra to win that title. Yeah, yeah. I obviously wasn't watching that at 20, uh, when I was 10. <laughs> but obviously you would have been four. And I just think, yeah... That's the man I would want to watch a lot of when I was younger, and what a forehand they boys. I mean, yeah, like a lot, I'd like to play. I'm going to mention able to hide away the backhand and just run around to the forehand, big forehands, dominating the, the play. Yeah, and that's obviously a lot to do with the movement, but yeah, just a big slap on it. Like yeah, it was a big, it's yeah. flat, flat. No, yeah. no top on it, just flat. Yeah, yeah. inside out. Inside out. Absolutely huge, yeah. huge serve. I think he was probably one of the only ones who could maybe rival the top three on his day, even when they're yeah. on his day. You know, yeah. vice versa, maybe Stan as well. To be able to yeah. absolutely dominate them. Well, he's one of those who competed with them because two thousand nine, Nadal and Federer in their well peak Around. peak yeah. years there, and he's yeah. still beating both for a title. And Buenos Aires was his last game this year, Bitten. and he's probably all seen the video of him uh, crying on his last service game yeah. so it just shows the uh, the passion and I think we'll be missed we'll be missed yeah so so like, like mine there's another um, big big miss to the game Joe Wilford Sanger yeah. um, big forehand big serve big forehand served and volleyed quite a bit especially on the grass uh, 18 titles to his name <laughs> he got to number 5 in the world um, finalist of the Australian Open 2008. Well, uh, uh, yeah. Who was that? Who was missing? Um, Federer. Federer. And then um, a couple of semis on the way to French and Wimbledon. Yeah. So yeah, he had a he had a good um, good career. Um, I bet that was going mad. Yeah. Yeah, seventeen years he he played for. Yeah, I think again. Just wrong era. He's in a different era that wasn't part of the big three. He might have might have nicked a slam or something like that, but. Yeah, he had a cracking, cracking career, I guess, with what competition he was up against. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, another big forehand. He helped France to win the Davis Cup. 
2017, and he got a silver medalist at um, London Olympics in 2012 in doubles. Yeah, so yeah, good. I enjoyed watching him, and and he's a player that everybody liked. You know, yeah, he just bring both character. Yeah. Um, so yeah. 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 Good player. Myself, probably one at Ash Barty. What a shock, really. 26 years of age, you know, probably coming into the peak form of her career, you know, she's won three Grand Slams, she's won them all apart from the US Open, bronze in Turkey, um, you know, just on the WTA Tour, 15 singles and, and 12 doubles titles, that's, that's quite impressive. Um, and, you know, you think, why would you not go for the full Grand Slams? Obviously, finishing in the Aussie Open, quite fitting. Um, Quick little fact for you, you boys, if you didn't know, and obviously to, to <laughs> last season she was the only player to not lose a single match. She had 11 wins. She won the Adelaide and the Australian Open. Did you know that one, boys? I've heard that before. Yeah, because yeah, I, I told him. Told I told him. I didn't say that. That was me. <laughs> I'm the host, so I get to say these It's things. weird that she retired after Australian. I know they want to retire at the home Grand Slam, but that's the start of the season, isn't it? Yeah. I found that strange. Yeah, the end as well. Could be so she's trying to progress, but yeah. I don't know why she didn't win all the slams, trying to just win that US Open. She did win it in the doubles though, in 2018, finalist and all the other ones as well. So, you know, not the end of the world, I mean, pray, pray. Yeah, sure, she, she, she went off in a high. You, you don't want to be losing matches and then retire. <coughs> you know what I mean? It's a bit of like a downfall on your, yeah, on your career. So you want to... She ended on her own terms and obviously end she, on finished, her she finished due to obviously, she said lack of just physical drive and obviously emotion in the game which is fair enough you know if you've lost lost love no point I don't know if this is true but I've heard this that supposedly she spoke to Borg who retired at 25 and he discussed that there was more to life than tennis and I think Ash did have that dip at 21 or something before she became number one where she fell out of love with it mm. and then she came back to it and she was world number one and obviously smashing it but very similar to Beyond Borg retiring at 25 retiring at 26 she obviously didn't love tennis and it wasn't it was just, there was stuff that she wanted to do outside of tennis so yeah. interesting yeah. very interesting let's move on obviously obviously the retired one quick quick club over there but obviously Fedra we will do our own individual podcast on that because there's just too much now we're obviously not going to say uh, well probably one of the best of all time maybe the best I will just say obviously we hope we had a discussion beforehand. We obviously hope that Nadal's ceremony isn't quite like Federer's, where obviously you've got Ellie Golden blasting out, you know, playing with fire, and you've got Nadal and. Who could we get from Nadal? We could get a. Nadal yeah, and Federer. We'll take that. Blubber <laughs> in his eyes out. We don't, we don't like to see that. Uh, should have just been left with the speeches, and that's it, really, for me. Anyway, what about you? She actually done th- two, two or three songs. Three songs. One song was enough. She actually went on yeah. to the next one. On call. No, no, thank you. I enjoyed it. Anyway, boys, done with the obviously the retired people. On to your maybe moments or really a, a period in time and not tend to seem to really stuck up yourselves. This is a player or you know a moment. Yeah. Shall I go? Yeah. Yeah. You, you start off. So my moment of the year comes from French Open semi-final, and it's that Alexander Zverev injury. I give some context to it. Before that, in the clay, he was in semi-final of Monte Carlo and Rome, which he lost to Stefanos, which is no shame on mm-hmm. clay. Yeah. 
and he was in the final of Madrid, which he lost to Alcaraz, who was coming through that year. I think Zverev was in amazing form that year, and then he's in the semi-final against Nadal on Saturday, and the injury occurs. We all know the moment he rolled over on his uh, nasty, ankle. Nasty mm-hmm. They played three hours of tennis in only two sets. Well, just under two sets, they haven't finished. They hadn't even finished yeah. the tiebreak. I think if they'd have finished that game, I think it would have been one of the games, the game of the year, and a game to remember forever, I think, because what game do you know that is three hours in two sets, under two sets? I'll give you some context. The 2008 final of um, Nadal and Federer in Wimbledon was four hours and 48. So they hadn't even finished mm-hmm. two sets and they were an hour and a half away from that one. Yeah. Um, that's the next set and then I just think it was an amazing game. I remember I watched it all and we were robbed as tennis fans to not see <laughs> the end of that, to be honest with you. Eight breaks of serve in 12 games in the second set. Just it's getting messy, guys. Calm, it? it's just messy. Yeah. That's what Roland Garros is. Yeah. It's not a... You don't always hold your serve there. Well, you, in, in, on clay, you expect the long valleys and, um, yeah. you know, long matches. Because yeah. some of the longer matches I've been on clay. Definitely helped, definitely helped Rafa to, to win his 14th title, though. Yeah, the fact that he was playing Rafa makes it even better for me. I mean, I, that was definitely my match of the year, and it wasn't even finished. I mean, <laughs> that adds to the drama for me. That makes it an even better match of the year. Yeah. Um, yeah, as you say, Jay, it definitely had a physical effect on Rafa in the final. Much fresher against uh, his, his son, Casper Ruud, basically. Uh, yeah, much fresher for Casper. And I think it changed the course of the season a bit, really, because Zverev's number three in the world. And then he's out now for the rest. He's out for Wimbledon and he's out for the US. And I do think it had an effect on the uh, the rest of the season. Obviously, Alcaraz is always going to come through, but... I do think it changed the course of the season. It definitely helped Rafa to win um, that second Grand Slam of the year. Um, because I think he would have struggled if he got through that game after maybe six hours of play. Definitely. He would have yeah. definitely been in trouble against Casper more than he was after just three hours. And I think Zara would have won, to mm-hmm. be honest with you. He was playing amazing tennis, but he's coming back. As we've yeah. seen, he started to come back in the Dubai and Saudi expeditions. I don't know why it took so long. I mean, I know he went over on it. It took him a whole season to get that, to get recovered. If that was football, he's, you don't know. Don't I know. Think different different muscles, different injuries. I know, but movement in tennis is biggest. Yeah, you know, that's sideways movement. That's difficult. Yeah, to back. you know what I always think of the scream. Do you remember the scream when he went over? Uh, yeah. Mm. Like a little, oh my. Yeah. There's a massive scream. <laughs> You know what I mean? But, um, okay, so he's back in the exhibitions. He's beaten Novak already this year. I mean, big. that's big. And if he gets up to speed, he could be a real threat this year. I want to ask your boys a question. Not my job. Well, you know. <laughs> Come from a job already, Pop. You boys discussed it. Can he do it? Can he win a Grand Slam this year? We've all seen that final of the US against team where he was two sets up and he well, he bottled it really. Yeah. Well, the that, that's that's my take on him. His mental it's strength amazing. is not there. Okay. You've seen you've seen his second serve. I mean, you've seen how 
How many doubles he can put in a match. I don't know why. It's like a Sabalenka. He's the, uh, he's the male Sabalenka. And his backhand is probably his best Yeah, his best weapon. Amazing backhand. His forehand's good as well. But his <laughs> second serve and his mental mental strength. We've seen his... Did, did we see him... Um, he, get, he got defaulted from a match last year oh, for... Yeah. when he whacked, he the whacked the, uh, year, in a doubles yeah. match. Yeah, yeah. So doubles he's... Well. Doubles as well, yeah. <laughs> but he's won gold... He's won gold at the Olympics, so you yeah. can't. He potentially could do. He could be up there, yeah. be challenging. If he I gets don't think he can footwork back, but yeah, there's just that little bit where some players just maybe can never break through. And get yeah. yeah, but he has won gold has at the won Olympics, yeah. so he does have. He can keep it together, but as we've seen, U.S. Open final against team, he did fall apart. Yeah, he's just still young as well. So you think when maybe Djokovic leaves, there's going to be a little bit more carnage on the ATP tour yeah. with who's going to win, but. I'll say, yeah. Maybe not this season coming, but maybe future. Yeah. I think he's still got it. But yeah, moment of the year, that scream from Alexander Zverev. <laughs> Brilliant. I forgot about that scream till now. Okay, so I'll, I'll go through mine. Mine's um, Carlos Alcaraz reaching number one, being the youngest ever number one in the world. What a player already. At the age of 19, the only teenager ever to be uh, number one. 19 years, four months he was. Um, and I was previously owned by Layton Hewitt 20 years and 8 months in 2001 so yeah but um, never saw Layton play you never saw him play but you've seen matches of him recently haven't you so um, last year Alcaraz had a win-loss record of 57 and 13 so he won won a lot of matches last year 5 titles to his name Um, the titles in Brazil, Rio and Brazil in February, Masters event in Miami in March, Barcelona in April, is um, home country, home town, sort of thing. Where we're going. Mm. We'll we'll come to that. Um, (laughs) And the Masters in May where we beat Nari, Nadal, Djokovic, Zverev, Um, and eventually US Open in September, the big one. Thought you were going to guess that. I'm putting them in in order. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When he happens, yeah. So yeah, he he's. But the worry for me is his um. Athletic state. How is he? Go- he's gonna. He's already injured for this last week's tournament. Yeah. He's already started injuries at a young age. With his athleticism, it's gonna. He's gonna have to put up with some injuries. Yeah. The amount of. The amount of force he puts into the ball, backhand, forehand, and backhand. Yeah. yeah, he's gonna struggle with injuries. So um, yeah. So my question is, can he keep to number one in the world this season? I would have thought so. I would have said yes for definitely the last part of the beginning because I know he didn't do too well, particularly <coughs> at the beginning of the season. But obviously, as we all know now, he's out of the U.S. Open, so that's gonna be big points that he's not gonna be able to pick up. Oh, just straight. That's why I'm. Oh, proving it wrong for the first part. Dad, I don't know he's not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the Australian Open, yeah, apologies, misspoke there. But yeah, he's out with that one. Uh, could even be out of the USM. We don't know. Might predict <laughs> the future. Who knows? But uh, no, I think. years, we'll come back to this. Yeah, come back to this episode. But uh, yeah, no, I think he's definitely has the ability. Definitely at the beginning of the season, he can pick up points. Maybe at the end, where he did well, he's got a lot of points to defend. See what happens. He could well do it. I think he will hang on to number one because I think 
once he gets on clay. Is he as good on clay? I just assume he is because he's Spanish. Spanish from Rafa. I think he is. Yeah, he would have grew. Yeah. Up, he would have grew up on he's clay. Gonna be fantastic on clay. I'm pretty sure. Well, he won the Madrid Masters. Um, so I'm pretty sure once he gets on clay, he's gonna win titles leading up to Roland Garros and he's a big favourite for Roland Garros so I do think he will keep his world number one I can't think of any other players coming through Djokovic but he'd have to play enough events to take off him yeah it helps that he's in the Australian this year it does do you think he'll be world number one Paul? Um, I've got my doubts there's a lot, lot of other Young players coming through, mm. um, and I know I for me Nadal's, Nadal's, he's gone. He's gone for me. He's finished. He's had his. He's had his um, glory years. He can still put together seven matches, maybe to win a Grand Slam, but in not, the French, yeah, but not to be world number one. Yeah, not Can't to be world. No, but I think Alcaraz. It's amazing. How, how's he so injured at nineteen? I don't think. How can you be that injured at such a young age? I mean, what's he going to do when he's 30? He's going to play one match and then have six more Yeah, off. but he, he might not be... He might just be slightly injured, but slightly injured could cause further injury and you just can't play an Maybe, ATP yeah. match with it with an injury. Maybe it's a good decision for the rest of his career. Maybe yeah. he's one of his first full careers on the, on the tour. He's obviously played maybe a lot more matches than he would do now. He might yeah. hand select like a lot of the top players now. They just pick and select which games they don't have to play everyone, you know, to earn money. So I think he's got that luxury now as well, where he could plan his career. He can pl- yeah, he can plan his career. Yeah, yeah. Maybe. We'll see what happens. Anyway, I'll take my moment then. My moment is Felix. Now you're probably thinking underrated season maybe, but the push that he had at the end of the season in particular from the start of October which was quite incredible obviously to start off uh, he won his maiden first victory in Rotterdam this year the beginner or last year 2022 um, beating Stefanos in the final so you know, not an easy opponent really and after losing as I say we spoke a little bit about Zverev he lost eight finals previously to that one so shows the mentality to obviously just keep on going and, and not give up yeah. he puts himself in those mm-hmm. positions eventually you're going to win and then obviously we come on to that spell you know, in October where he has wins in Florence, uh, Antwerp, uh, beating you know, Gasquet, Evans and, and Corder. Um, then he wins Basel, beating Rune in the final. He's never heard of these tournaments before. Well, just so you know, he's never heard of these tournaments before he's done this research. He doesn't know these. <laughs> and then again, he had, a, he had a great run in Paris. Didn't quite manage to win it, but he beat you know, Francis Tierfoe, GLC Martin. Always, put, always putting us down in the No, no, no then, just, uh, he's never heard of Antwerp. And then obviously he lost to Rune in, in the fa- well, he lost to Rune who was the eventual winner of the Paris tournament. Um, you know, sixteen match win streak. You know, that that's pretty impressive. I do yeah. remember the sixteen match win yeah. streak. That was impressive. The sixteen season. match wins. And then just chipping in as well, you know, nice little Labour Cup win as well. The, the first one ever that they you know, they've ever won. Um, you know, he lost to Berrettini. 10-7 on the first day in the champ tiebreak, but then on that final day he put in great performances, beating Djokovic in straight, um, and wins with doubles and Jack against Murray and you know Berrettini. Do you think maybe Felix could be one to win a, a major this year? Just on that lever, they won that without Kyrgios. Oh, I, I, he played all the ones since that, and he never got mm-hmm. close. Close. 
and then the best player steps out and they win. I don't know. Anyway, sorry, Joe. I just wanted to put that. So all all the events that the sixteen match winning streak that he had, were they like indoor sort of like events? The, the players that you made that you named that he beat, just sort of like not. You know, for me, not like the world class. I'm not putting him yeah, down. Al- you know, Alcaraz is your number one. He beat him with Rune as well. Another up and coming. It's probably in jail, Alcaraz at the time. Mm. Maybe. <laughs> yeah, well, for me, it's just a. He's a. He's going to be a. He's going to be good, but he's going to be like a nearly nearly man. Yeah. You know, he's just. Is he still with Zverev? Is there like a group of them? You know, he's Zverev's. Your Alcaraz. For me, he's just below that. Um, yeah. That, that 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 list for he's me. He's not there yet. For me, his uh, his game can fall apart sometimes. Yeah. In yeah. In like a service game, you could just lose it to love by not being on there to any ball in court. Still so young, though, twenty one as well. He's all, yeah. He's. I remember McEnroe saying he's a beast physically as well. He's tall. He's strong. He is a beast physically. Mm. To be fair. So. Similar to a Rublev, then would you put Rublev just below the, the next belt? Do you think Rublev will have it? Yeah, I think he is as well, <laughs> just below. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I probably would have impression of Rublev's club. Not having a choke. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think Felix could potentially, you know, do, do something. Maybe not this year. Couple, couple well, years. What's probably. something? What what do you class as something? Well, he's won all the you know all the team competitions. You know, potentially he could. I reckon he could get him. Um, Definitely a grand slam in him on one of the right days. You know, you've got to get the right draw in a grand slam as well. I think you might need that. Well, yeah, it'd be like nine, ten seeds. So it's a bit of the look of the draw when you get to the quarters. Yeah. Because you could just face Djokovic and then you got none. Maybe Djokovic injured. Oh, Djokovic at the. Um, or US Open when Djokovic isn't there. Yeah, maybe. Controversial one. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, moving on a little bit to obviously. You know, still, still with Felix there, though, with the, the, you know, the team competition aspect. Obviously, he won the Davis Cup with Canada, although some may say controversial. I wanted to get this in. Um, obviously, they were eliminated in the first round by the Netherlands, 4 0 in March, but obviously, you know, controversially put back in because of obviously the situation with, with Russia. They mm-hmm. got sort of banned, and obviously, a spot opened up with like a, a lucky loser sort of type thing. And, you know, we think tennis is the only sport that do lucky losers. Do you, do you like the lucky loser aspect of obviously the tennis where you? You just get in, maybe not on merit, or you're just on your rank, whereas other sports don't really do that. It's kind of like football doing um, the goal difference going through. Kind of like that, but I don't agree with it, lucky loser. You've lost. In tennis, you're out. That's like, say, for instance, France not making it through, but then obviously they're the highest ranked team going going on to win the World Cup. Yeah, I'm lucky loser. I, like I, I know what you mean. Once you lose a match, should that, you should be gone. How can you be put into the uh, the main, the main draw if yeah. you've lost? The situation last year, remember? I don't remember the exact player's name, but he played. They played against each other in the qualification. Fagni- uh, Fabio Fagnini, wasn't Fagnini, it? Something like that. Yeah, he lost against him in the qualification. He went through, he then got a lucky loser spot to play against him. He beats him in the main draw. What's all that about? Yeah. A day beat, later, he plays him, yeah. beats him, and he's through and he's not. Should they not have a third game to decide? <laughs> <laughs> That's the qualification. That's not too much. But oh. um, with regards to obviously the team aspects of, of tennis, you know, there's not a lot really involved in it, and especially the, the Labour Cup for myself. 
um, I like seeing, I don't know what stands out for you guys, but just the fact, you know, when the fans ourselves can see these great players sharing tactics with each other, you know, showing that they're all obviously mates and they're all wanting each other to do well. I like it when obviously the sharing the tactical side of things. What do you like of obviously the team sports that separates it from the normal, the normal tour itself? No, I just like the aspect that you can you sit doing the corners, they have a laugh together. Yeah. Rather than the Davis Cup, you just got your team captain and just sit with him you talk talking just all a bit more relaxed and a bit more you know they're enjoying themselves instead of this sort of serious yeah. aspect of it I, what, yeah I like hearing the players interact with each other I mean we all know the standout Nadal Stefanos <laughs> hey I don't understand we do this we stay do this because that's it that's the uh, yeah yeah that's what I like about it and at this Labour Cup, you see, um, was it Francis TFO yeah. go mad on his, uh, his celebrations and his fainting, yeah, yeah. fainting when they do good shots. Yeah. I just think the players are more relaxed because they care about it, but I don't know if they really yeah. care. It's more like a nice, fun... Yeah, and you just show you, you show the characters in the game in yeah. these, you know, they can relax a bit more, shoulders down, you know, just... Well, they're probably yeah. a little bit more fun because maybe they haven't won it as much. You know what I mean? But they got that first win now, maybe they'll take it a little yeah. bit more yeah. seriously and stuff like that. But yeah, that, that, uh, that moment with uh, Stefanos and, and Nadal was great because he, <laughs> he thought he was giving him tactics. He was like, what, why can they see us? Why can they see us? He's like, no, I don't understand. Why can't <laughs> Imagine Nadal not, like, Stefanos is serving behind him and Nadal's at the net going, I haven't got a clue what he's wanting me to do. How can that be professional tennis? That's like us. That's I like us doing that. Serve. I think Nadal was serving, yeah, but he just doesn't. And we just don't know what they're going to do. Amazing that at the professional level, I can't believe that. But do you don't play doubles. When is Stefanos ever? Yeah. When has he ever probably played a doubles match? You know what I mean? He wouldn't play doubles a lot. Nadal maybe a bit more, but yeah. That was one we said. Obviously, they were all three of our personal great moments. Obviously, yeah. Another moment to obviously touch on Nadal winning two Grand Slams. We didn't think we'd ever see him win one more, let alone win two in the same calendar year. Well, we never thought he'd see him win a heart again. Maybe yeah. win a French, but not a heart. Well, he took probably took advantage of Djokovic not being in the Australian that year. For that's the the circus. Yeah, we're not gonna. Yeah, we're we're not political here. We're not gonna. So we keep it uh, yeah. neutral. Um, but um, his best chance was the French Open, Nadal, and yeah. and the same this year. That's his best chance, but. I'm not sure Nadal's got um, the dominant. He's not got um, a Grand Slam in him, I don't think, for me. This year? This I mean, year. Obviously, put maybe together around seven games. It's only seven games. Seven games. Look at the draw. But it's seven games against. Did for me, getting better, everybody's yeah, getting better as well. And first round. Your first round could come up, come up against, you know, a world, you know, world class player. But the Dalton win two Grand Slams, what achievements anyway for, for that year anyway. Yeah. yeah, the final, the final itself from the Dalton. Did he not have yes. abdominal pain? Yeah, did he, he not did. have like, um, I don't know. But uh, that final he's... against Medvedev, it's one of the matches of Nadal's life, yeah. I think. Yeah, I mean, how many Grand Slams has he won now? 
It was at 22, is he? God knows. Something around there. The so best thing about that... Yeah, 22 is my time ball. Is he, he didn't win the Australian that many times, no doubt. No. Because of Federer dominance, in it? He only won it in 2000, 2009. Yeah. So the fact that he won it again, that was the best bit for yeah. me about that. Yeah. And the final. Paul Medvedev, but... Control alt delete boy. <laughs> I don't want him winning. No. Who knows? I would have celebrated this one. <laughs> Moving on. Yeah, when he, uh, yeah, that was a great celebration. Only legends yeah. will understand. Wasn't it? It wasn't control or delete. It some was sort of Fortnite thing. Yeah, I think it was FIFA. some sort of control or delete for oh, the floor. Or two or something yeah. like that. Um, but yeah, probably another standout moment. Probably someone who's driving our sport now, sort of making it more modern and more mainstream. Curious. Special yeah. case. Special case. As we told Jamie. As they, as they yes, tell they, me, they inform me these yeah. things. The special case, great, great tournament from them. Yeah. Where did that come from? Kyrgios in doubles. And two Kocken. single, two singles players winning a Grand Slam doubles. That's that's Kyrgios and Kokkinakis. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. Special, special case, these boys. Yeah. yeah. But two two single players, predominantly winning single matches, can win a doubles match. Hmm. So, yeah, it was a good win. It's electric for me. I remember me and Paul, you know, we're, we're timing ourselves to get up at 5 a.m. in the morning just to watch these two, you know, play tennis and they played some cracking doubles. Obviously, they got the crowd going yeah. on that new course as well that they created. They always they, put them on that course. They created their own sort of little energy and everyone yeah. that goes on there. It's like a football field and whatever. It's, it's game over for you. Yeah. On them. And that famous line for Cocker drink and come here. <laughs> drink some beer and come here and watch us play tennis so obviously it's rowdy there in Australia isn't it but and a final an all Aussie final I liked it but maybe a little bit I would have liked it I would have liked a different nationality it was hard on those boys it was just I mean obviously you know Kyrgios getting involved with the crowd as well he's a great character he's telling them to send him out the course (laughs) please go everyone cheers just Kyrgios all year round I mean the moments against obviously Stefanos at Wimbledon you know, we're glued to the telly because to watch this game just to see what happens next. Yeah, not not so much about the tennis itself. <laughs> not so much about the tennis. What, what drama's going to unfo- unfold next? Blowing up. Oh my yeah. god. Yeah. He mentally destroyed that kid. But Kyrgios so. for me, he's good for the sport. He gets to, gets people interested in the sport. He goes over the top. Sometimes he goes over the top, but I think you need characters in the game. Yeah. You, you you don't want it to be. You know, turn into something like snooker ball. You you like you Ronnie O'Sullivan's in snooker. You've got somebody. Yeah. yeah. You need that. He's. It used to just be you want to watch him because of the, the entertainment. But we've seen now. He can. He got tennis. to the yeah. final of Wimbledon. Yeah. He could win a Grand Slam. Seen it. Serious. Like he could seriously win a Grand yeah. Slam now. He's bringing a new style to the game. Obviously, the underarm serve did that as a joke. But now people are actually implementing it as a tactic as well. It's actually a good tactic. You know, you like to use that. Yeah, you stand yeah, very far back. Yeah. Just yeah. drop him. But, you know, it makes incredible. Yeah, way. and he comes low over the net. Yeah. And so, yeah, it's... Not afraid of speaking history. And he can go coach as well, which is very unusual for someone on the tour. What did you say about his coach? Doesn't have any... He's the best coach in the world. He's the best coach in the world. He, he coaches himself. One of the best players in the world, but he's the best coach in the world. Best coach in the world, Kobe. You can't coach Nick really, I think he would. No, nobody wants to coach no Nick. Wants to coach him. I'd coach him. 
Okay. Okay. Good question. <laughs> and then obviously we'll move on to we'll try and be you know as much as we can on the WTA tour. Obviously we're learning a little bit more as well. Hopefully we'll learn a lot more as we go along in this pod. You know, checking our notes now. But uh, Iga Swiatek and, and the domination is she becoming the new you know Serena Williams within the WTA tour? Is she at that level? Yes, you know she's winning everything. You know we can't think of anyone else bar her who's going to win anything really. Anything no, it's going to be. Very open in the women's game, apart from our, um, Egos for Itech. Uh, anybody could win. Um, just going on last year's, yeah, she won two Grand Slams last year. Ash Barty won the Australian, and then Vibrakina won Wimbledon. Yeah. So, yeah, it could be anyone. All of them, they're all at uh, Itech's just up there, but there's a lot at the same level. Yeah, um Good year for Eager. She's only young, yeah. so she will. She dominated this year, really. Most of the year she dominated. I don't think it'll be like that next year. Tough year for Ons Jabber. Yeah. Two finals. Yeah. Nothing coming out of it. She's got a little bit of bottle issues as well. If you've uh, if you watched them finals. Definitely the one again. Wouldn't more than that was hers for the for the taking. Yeah. If you're playing. Elena Rabankina, that's that's your title to take. I think she was third in the world on Jabber and, yeah. and it was like, I don't even know, plus fifteen, plus maybe twentieth. Ons Jabber has got everything. She's got she's got a lot of mixture in her game, a slice, yeah, um, everything. She just for slice, she? So just um, for me, her physique. Don't want to go too much into that, but um, her movement is. Not the best. <laughs> She's not a. She doesn't well. really look like the typical. If there's a typical tennis player look, but she doesn't. Gets the job done. Yeah. She's got sort of power, and she sacrifices on the movement. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. she's so powerful. She yeah. can out hit. Yeah. A lot of but the players. For me, she's got an awesome game, all yeah. round great game. Yeah. And she wears a headband. Yeah. Which I quite like. There you go. Well, yeah. hopefully we'll get more obviously the WTA tour this year we'll, we'll be making you know obviously we tried to cover as much as we could then of that last season tried to cover obviously as much as we could with that last season we will have missed bits definitely but how much can you cover in you know one first minute of podcast obviously we'll be doing individual episodes this year weekly um, but we'll move on now to looking forward to the season that's coming I'm excited to talk Tennis, as Paul says. Yeah. <laughs> love talking tennis. I love talking tennis. <laughs> what we'll do now is we'll make our predictions for the, for the year moving forward and we'll look back, see how well we did, you know, at the end of the season. We'll be doing just the slams for the for the, for the time being, just for the, obviously, the, the men's, because obviously, as we said, we're open to learn a little bit more on the women's. We will be doing our women predictions, but that will be the week before when we've got more data and we've watched a little bit more on the players. So your likes of your, you know, your Australian Open for your women's, we'll be doing that next week in our podcast on the Australian Open, which is up and coming. But you know, for the men's twenty twenty two season, Australian Open last year's winner was Rafa, Ronald was Medvedev. Who are we backing? Djokovic. Djokovic. Both of us, yeah. There you go, Djokovic. We can't all see that. There's no doubt. He's made a good start to the year. He's going to win the Australian. Yeah. He just maybe have some extra mental baggage at the Australian, just with things going on, talks about last year and things like that. I, but yeah. I don't think he. That He's will gonna be booed to high heaven in that first game. 
they'll boo. They will. They will. Oh, it's going to be booed. No, I think the Australian crowd are quite classic. Mm. Yeah, depends. Depends who. I think he's going to be booed in that first game, and then it'll calm down a bit. Okay. But I do think there'll be some baggage, as Paul says, towards him. Japanese, um, anyone who do you think he might just need get the nomination, as we spoke for Norrie doing a bit well? No, he's playing better. I mentioned it before. Offer. No, he offer. 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 <laughs> no, he is playing very well, and apparently he's got a good coaching team behind him, and they're looking to yeah to go full steam ahead. Agreed he's playing that. very well with his just forehand, just jumps up at the opponent from his angles he can get. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And his weird backhand does the, the job, doesn't it? The flattest backhand in the yeah. world. In the I'm going to say that in the world, it's. I don't understand how it's it that because there's no top on it. Oh, it goes over the net. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm trying to do the movement. Yeah, no. it's not aesthetically pleasing, is it? No, yeah. no, no. It's not nice to watch. I like to watch him run around all his backhands yeah. with forehand. I'd be amazed if he gets to a final, yeah, a Grand Slam. His serve because yeah, can't volume needs improving. His serve needs improving, but both his forehand and backhands. Yeah. I do think he'll go get the job done. Yeah, Poor final. Yeah. Yeah. Back the Brits. Back the Brits. He's the only one who's going to do anything. I thought Dan Evans was going to come through. No, you can't slice your backhand to get to a. No, but but it's it's effective, you know. It's effective, but no. (laughs) No, He's not getting there. French Open last season. Rafa. That's his 14th title now. Casper Ruud was the runner up. Myself, I'll say a statement here. I'm going to go for Rafa for 15. Wow. When will it be? Yeah. No, you're wrong. Hey, it's nice to have him here, uh, hang on, but hang he hasn't on. got a clue. I did. I was putting him down. I was saying earlier on that um, Nadal's got nothing left in him. But if there's one Grand Slam that he could win, it has to be the French Open. But do you think just he's going to win it? Just for experience. What, um, do I ask a question? Who's your prediction? Um, I'm looking somebody other than Djokovic and Nadal. I am also. And can you come back to me on that? Okay, I will come back to me on that one because uh, stalling there. I'm stalling a little bit. Stefanos Sitsipas is going to win the French Open. Extremely good on clay. Been in the final, two sets up against Djokovic before in the French. He didn't convert his chance there, but I am convinced he's had a good start to the year, and once he gets the clay, he's phenomenal on clay. I think he's going to win the French. I'm convinced he's going to win the French. It's not going to be Nadal. Djokovic will be good, but I'd like to see... Okay, I'm going to throw a name in there. Afit Alcaraz is going to... uh, Alcaraz, Eddie? Alcaraz. Yeah, he's going to win the French. No, no. Stefanos is going to win. That's it. It's like betting on the roulette machine. You just keep on seeing that red coming up until until it ends. Yeah, you know, you're expecting it. it to lose, but got to end sometime. Got to end sometime. Yeah, it's ended. Maybe this season. No. Wimbledon last oh. year, absolute cracking tournament. Obviously, we visited it. We do it every year. But yeah. We'll definitely be doing it again this year. Hopefully, Ryan can come along this time. You know. Where was it last year? Was a commitment slash? You just yeah. had a university or something. Like I had that. yeah, I had exams. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not good enough really. Trying to get an education. Trying his first. Me and Paul queuing up. Fair time. Anyway, winner Novak, runner up Kyrgios. For myself, I'm going to go for 
Ryan's prediction in the French Open, Stefanos, I think he's got... On grass. On grass, yeah, on grass. He had a great game against Nick. You'll, you'll say I don't know me stuff. He's got a good serve. He's got a good forehand. He's got a good backhand. I think he's you know, just got to deal with the mental prediction. See what yeah. happens. I think seven matches is a bit too much for him. Um, a tall you know what? I'm glad he's here because his predictions they entertain us. Yeah, <laughs> that. Do you make our predictions look good? Yeah, don't he? That's <laughs> the worst thing I have ever heard. He's gonna be knackered after the French because he's gonna win that. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Paul. Um, <coughs> Djokovic, never Djokovic. Nice one. Okay. Really wild prediction there. Yeah. Is that what you want to say, Djokovic? Um, well, yeah, that's all I need to say. He's going to win. I would like to see a serve bot win Wimbledon. You're talking Opelkas. Opelka. No. I would love to see <laughs> Riley Opelka win Wimbledon. Any serve bot. I don't care who they are. John Isner. Why? I'd love to see him Why? Win. I just... I love to surf, but I love it when Kevin Anderson comes to Wimbledon. We have one good season. And dominates. Yeah. I love it when... Do you think that's entertaining? Yeah, it's entertaining. Would you watch somebody just serve <laughs> yeah. the way through? I love seeing the stats come up. 31 aces in a match. I love that. It's old school. You're the person yeah. too. It's Take amazing. Back to the now, you, so you love to see it at the end of the match, but you wouldn't like to actually watch the match and actually see it. It'd be boring. No, I like to see that. Me and Paul watched Opelka last year. He was on it, but he got battered. Yeah, but I love that serve. I'd love to see it. Uh, my prediction is not a surfbot, although oh. I did want to put a shout out. Okay, you get your little shout out. Because I'd love to see one of them go far. Any of them surfbots. And I love the banter they have between them. They know they're boring. <laughs> they say it in press conferences. But they're the surfbots. Um, my prediction, I can't decide between Kyrgios. He's amazing on grass. He's really good on grass. Kyrgios and Jamie... Felix is good on grass. He could have a run at Wimbledon. But my prediction... Mm, I'm going to have Felix. My prediction is Felix, based so, off Jamie's... Uh, you've convinced me. Yeah, statistics. Yeah, I'll go with you. I don't always give you stick. I'll go with Felix. Brother listens to me sometimes. <laughs> I actually wrote Felix down here. Yeah. And I crossed him out when you started talking, because just when you say stuff, I don't want to listen. But I'm writing him back down. That's my prediction for Wimbledon. US Open last year, absolutely correct one as a maiden, maiden Grand Slam for Alcaraz. Yeah. Rude runner-up. Myself, maybe a little bit of a wild card here thrown in, as I always do. Originally wrote Medvedev, scratched him out and put Tyler Fritz. I think off the back oh. of obviously the United Cup, that's obviously they've just won the US. It's his, you know, it's his country. Home, yeah, I can't, you can't laugh at it. He's no, doing good at the moment. He's doing bits. That's his best prediction. That's not a bad shout. He could, actually... It's a long time away. I think he's going to come through this year even better. He had a, he had a decent year last yeah, year. Yeah, he had a decent... He won Indian Wells. Yeah. yeah. But I think he is going to come through this year. It's not a bad prediction. It's not going to be the winner. Well, I think it is. Well, the winner... Alexander Zverev. It's going to take him all year. I didn't just do that segment on him for nothing. It's going to take him all year to get up to speed, get playing. He's going to be closer than the other ones, but he's going to win the US. He's done it before. He's been to the final. That's my prediction for the US. Paul? I'm going to get 
Carlos to defend his title at the wow. US Open. Back to back? Okay. Yeah. Back to back? Back to back. Most impressive. How many did you have Carlos down for? Two. Two, two for Novak, two for Carlos. Two for Carlos. Nice and boring. Nice one, yeah. yeah. Let's bring it up. So, summary then. Okay. Australian Open, Amsterdam, we're all saying Djokovic. That's a roundhouse. Yeah. yeah. French Open, I've gone for Rafa. Ryan, you went for? Stefanos. Stefanos. Paul, you went for? What, what's that? French Open? French Open, yeah. yeah. Uh, Carlos. Carlos, so yeah. Wimbledon, I went for Steph, Felix, and... Novak. I can't, I can't believe I went for Felix. That's a joke. US Open, Fritz. <laughs> Alcaraz for me. Zverev on the comeback. Zverev on the comeback. I'd love to see it. Imagine, he's passionate as well as Zverev. There would be tears, there would be... Yeah. All the players, I think, he's good. Yeah. I'd like to see him win. Well, boys, we did well there to obviously summarise, you know, last season as best as we could. We've made our mini predictions for this season. Looking forward to the pod moving forward now, now that we got the, the first one out of the way with. Yeah. Looking forward to that. Yeah, looking forward to it. Enjoyed this one. Uh, took a bit of time, but... Hopefully the more we can... The, the, the more, next week's going to be a lot easier. We're going to get more content out and... Hey, we're going to the Australian Open. <laughs> Pack your bags, we'll boys. We'll get the... Uh, yeah, we're getting sand in here. <laughs> Got I. Pack your bags, Pack your bags, boys. We're going down under. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you for listening to our first podcast episode. Our aim is to post weekly every Tuesday. If you have any questions and you want us to answer them on the pod, whether that be positive or negative, you can email the tennis clubhouse at hotmail.com. And of course, you can follow us on Facebook and Instagram at The Tennis Clubhouse. Thank you for listening and see you next week.